So what if instead of focusing on trying to figure out alcohol, you tried to figure out yourself. You learned how to do all of the things that you think alcohol is doing for you, but better. You tapped into really understanding what the messages from your body meant and how to use your emotions to your advantage and how to really expand your desires to get what it is you finally really want and have real, lasting, sustainable pleasure. That is possible for you, and it is all available to you in the self-study course, The Naturally Sober Woman. It is everything that I teach my one-on-one clients, but it is compact for you, lifetime access on demand at a super affordable price available to you right now. You're going to go to my website, marywagstaffcoach.com, right there. It'll say self-study course or follow the link in the show notes right here. Get in there. One short video, just the welcome ceremony. There's a commence, a beautiful commencement ceremony that really anchors you into your intention for wanting to make this change into your life will change your life forever. It'll put you on a trajectory of new possibility because the bigger your desire is, the easier it's going to be to say goodbye to alcohol. So go on over to my website, get inside of the Naturally Sober Woman, and I will see you in there. Welcome, welcome. My name is Mary Wagstaff. I am a life coach who ended a 20-year relationship with alcohol without labels, counting days, or ever making excuses. In this podcast, we will explore my revolutionary approach to quitting alcohol that breaks all the rules, amazing stories from women who are throwing a better party because of it, and how you can stop drinking and start living. This show is not a substitute for rehabilitation, medical treatment, or advice, so please talk to a health professional if your alcohol consumption is a risk to your mental or physical health. Now on with the show. Hello, my beautiful listeners, and welcome back to another episode. I hope you had a wonderful weekend. It was very beautiful where I was. I was so grateful to have some warm sun on my skin. Um, We are building a greenhouse in the backyard, which I'm really excited about. Um, Yeah, just taking a little bit more control over my resources and having a little bit more interaction with the food that we're bringing into the house. So anyway, um, today's episode is about moderation. The reason I decided to um, put together this show is because so many people, when they first start the process of changing their relationship to alcohol, or when they first have that calling where so much of the time the behavior of drinking is not serving them, their patterns and conditions of the mind, of the feelings are so ingrained that letting it go altogether is such a hard thought at first. It is the last thing that most people want to do. And I know it was for me. I spent um, almost about a year really in that place where you know that it's not serving you, but you just want it to be different. You want to figure out how can I still make this work? 
Um, and the truth is, is that you can, you can solve for the problem of alcohol, but it is not through moderation. And the reason that moderation is not the key to changing your relationship with alcohol is because it's solving for the action. And the action of drinking is actually not the root cause. It's just a symptom. And so, so many people, and this is just part of the human condition, we live in this mind where we think, it must be so much easier for them. Why can they do it? Or we see, you know, celebrities and we don't see all of the things that go into the background or their their willingness and their ability to show up and step into this place of, you know, like a queen queendom when you have to f- be in front of hundreds of thousands of people and so many people know you, you have to really strip your mindset and just with confidence show up as who you are and and in a way really be unapologetic for that and that's why I always say without excuses or shame we show up to say this relationship with alcohol isn't working for me and I'm an empowered woman and I will not make excuses for wanting to change this and so right now you think but there's other people that can drink moderately. Well, we're not in their heads. You don't know. And you know what? It doesn't matter because this is your life. And right now you're just going to take it off the table. If there comes a point where when alcohol is irrelevant for you and you're not having that internal dialogue day after day after day, then if you feel like reintroducing it, which you won't (laughs) because you'll see past all of your beliefs, um, all of your old beliefs and you'll realize that none of them were true. Um, and the other thing that happens with moderation, there are people that I know coach on this where you plan it out, you pick the days, um, you never drink when you have an urge, so on and so forth. But is that really how you want to start this process? Do you really want to be scheduling your drinking? Is it really that worth it? Really that important to you? Because if you think about all of the questions and the reasons, why do I want to have this drink when I'm with friends? to fit in, to be more like myself, to loosen up, to have more fun. Well, you can do all of those things without alcohol. That's just the process of relearning. You've gotten to this place because you have solved for all of those things with or without your awareness using alcohol. I was just talking to Matthew this weekend, my partner, um, about grape juice and wine and um, how it's so interesting that to get, you know, we think of grape juice as a really like kids like beverage, but then we just make it hard grape juice as wine and now it's sophisticated, but really all it's doing is getting us back to that place where our inhibitions are lowered so we feel a little bit more free to be playful and joyful like a kid but you can do that by yourself. We just forgot how to do it. We just haven't learned that process. And then in the end, you're ended up, and in the end, you might be acting a little bit more childlike than you were really hoping to 
to begin with, right? Like we can be our adult self and our self-aware self and have control over our emotions, not be throwing temper tantrums and still be playful and still be innocent and still be joyful. The thing is, is that we're so tuned into the collective story of what intimacy looks like, of what adulthood looks like, that we just don't we don't actually even try to practice. We just say, oh, this is a quick fix. I'm going to lower my inhibition so I don't have to think about it or even remember it. One of the reasons that you're listening to this podcast is because you have a voice, the voice of your highest self, and she is desperately trying to get your attention. But there is no framework for mental and emotional maintenance in our culture, in our society. Fortunately, there is coming to be more. There are ancient practices like yoga, which has the very similar system of coaching where we move from the gross, which is the physical actions, which we can see that are tangible. And that's why so many people want to solve for the action because they think that that's what they can see. They can touch but it's really the subtle refinement of the layers of the self moving into the emotional body, the mental body, and then to that higher state of awareness where you really need to get to to solve for the problem of drinking. And it doesn't seem very obvious right now because you haven't been paying attention. You haven't been watching. Where are you reacting to life? Where are your beliefs limited? Where are they not serving you? This process of emotional and mental cleansing is a simple process of starting to get to know yourself more, to self-realize so that you can tune into what is really our superpower as human beings, which is being in that state of awareness. And even if you take a step back or you do the thing that you said you weren't going to, you just show up and say, with awareness, you look at it, you observe, you say, how could I have done this differently? And then you say, I'll do better next time. You have already tried moderation and it doesn't work. You've said, I'll only drink on the weekends. I'll only drink one drink after five. I'll only drink on special occasions. And the reason that it hasn't worked is because all of your thoughts and feelings are triggered in the same way. The patterning that has created a habit is the same. And right now you are in this place thinking, why me? Why can't I just moderate? Because you're holding on to this belief that alcohol is so amazing and it can't possibly be that you will have a life that's alcohol free and it could be better than it is now. I've been there. My clients are there. It is such a hard sell to yourself, to that conditioned mind. And the reason that it is, is because your human brain, the human, the human condition is that your brain is programmed and made to do three things, which is avoid pain, which is many of the reasons why you drink to not be uncomfortable. And then one of the reasons why also it's so hard to quit drinking is because 
your brain is saying this is a very, very uncomfortable right now to seek pleasure and then to work efficiently. So when you have those three things and you try to take away alcohol, well, all three of those things are working against you. But is that voice, that calling of your awareness of your highest self that might not have always been there, but the reason that it's there now is because it knows alcohol is taking away your life. It's taking away your potential. It is hindering you from experiencing the real lasting pleasures of life. So when you moderate, you're paying attention to excessiveness, right? So the definition is the avoidance of excessive or streams, especially in one's behavior. Now think about when have you ever had to moderate something that was great for you? I mean, I do yoga every single day, right? And I have never had to moderate my yoga practice, And then for other things, like food for an example, um, I have had issues in the past where I was very much moderating my food, but you know what would happen when I did that? I would have, there would be excessive behavior and then there would be, it was extreme on either end because I never solved for the problem, which was my thinking, what was my thinking about the way I was appearing in the world, right? So we have to get to that place, to that root cause of what you are thinking about the situations in your life. So you're stressed out at the end of the day. A drink sounds great. It will relieve my stress. Um, The world is experiencing um, a global crisis. I am in so much fear and anxiety. The only thing I can think to do is to drink. Uh, I don't want to be the only one not drinking at a party and feel left out. And I don't know how to enjoy myself without a drink. So it's all of these thoughts. I should be, I should be making money, more money. I should weigh less. My children should be listening So we're not working to solve the problem of the drinking. We're working to rewrite and look at those thoughts. That's the first place you have to look. And I'll just tell you a little story about reframing um, a thought that can actually change the way that you feel. And this isn't a story about alcohol, but it's something that happened to me this weekend. And once you start to get into this process of thinking, wow, that thought didn't serve me. Those beliefs are limiting. I'm creating a story. Do I actually know that to be true? Can I really not have a good time unless I have a drink in my hand? Is there no joy around Um, the situation that I'm in, if I'm not drinking, because if, you know, a situation needs alcohol to be fun, then the situation itself really isn't fun. It's just that you're lowering your inhibitions in a way where you're numbing the way that you really feel about any given situation. And so this weekend we moved out to the country, um, several months ago and, um, 
there were some gunshots on Saturday morning. It's a thing that people do is target shoot. Um, I don't know if there's hunting out here. I'm not really sure. And it was not excessive. It was just like, you know, I don't even know how many shots, but it was earlier on Saturday and it was beautiful out when we were hanging outside and I was like, oh, like, you know, a shot, a gunshot is not, um, always the best feeling, but you know, in the setting that we're in, it's a little bit different than if I heard it when we were in the city down the street. Right. But my immediate reaction was, man, that person's really harsh in my mellow. I hate guns. Um, and I started creating this whole image of who that person was and what they were doing. And it was probably just being destructive and reckless and not someone I could relate to at all. And so it really created a sense of anxiety inside of me and it created like anger and being annoyed and all of these things. And it stopped and I let it go and I move on with my day. And then I was um, outside that evening and looking up at the stars. It was a beautiful, clear night. And I was kind of in the same place where I had heard the gunshots. And I thought to myself, you know what? I don't even know. I have no clue what was going on in that situation, who that person was, and why am I judging them? I've actually shot a gun for target shooting in the past out in the woods in the country where someone probably heard it. Um, it could be the most unlikely scenario. And I thought of like a grandma, you know, shooting targets because she was practicing for her safety. And once I really tuned into a completely new scenario, a completely different possibility, or even just some person that, you know, enjoys that for sport and it was their day off as well. And they, you know, did a few rounds and they were back on with their day. And immediately I felt better. I felt more relaxed. I didn't feel like there's people out in the woods shooting guns and I might get shot, you know? And so this is what has happened with the, the media is everything we tune into social media and the news is created on purpose to get our attention. Everything on the internet saves the information that we take. So we are living in a um, attention grabbing fear based society. And that's why I always say you have to be very, very, um, conscious about where you're placing your attention and what you're taking in. And so this is the place of getting to know yourself and this refinement process that is so, so crucial. So right now, my invitation to you is take moderation off the plate right now until you are not thinking about alcohol every day, until it's not waking you up in the middle of the night with anxiety, until you're not using it to solve for any problem, completely take it off your plate and say, you know what, when I'm in the place where I feel like I can choose freely, then I'll come back to it because right now it's causing you so much pain. And that woman that is, has been desperately trying to get your attention, calling you home, she is waiting for you. She is ready and waiting for you. So show up to meet her, follow that voice 
That is the inspired voice that you can rely on to find the truth of this situation. And it's the other voice that's the conditioned voice that knows how to create lies, that knows how to create drama, that knows how to create every single excuse to try to convince you that drinking is okay. And it's only because of the way that the human brain works. It's only because you have patterns now in your mind, body, and in physical body and your emotions that have been patterned and memorized to reach for a drink when you think of certain thought. And just remember, you think thoughts all the time. You're just not aware of them. You think a thought about every situation, whether or not you're aware of it. And so it's that slowing down, that listening in. Why is there this voice that's always showing up and what's really interesting is so many of us, regardless of the extreme, how um, excessive we've been drinking, have been drinking most of our adult life. So there is a version of yourself inside that highest part of your awareness that you've never even met alcohol-free. And I guarantee you, she is amazing. She will blow your mind. She shows up in this world like a queen. She shows up in this world like the woman who is pleasured from her own mind, from her own experiences, because she's got the shit. And she does not need alcohol to do any of it. In fact... On the other side of it, when you look back, she's laughing that you ever believed any of this. She's laughing and you can actually you can actually have a little bit of humor about all of the things, all of the ways that you thought you would never survive without alcohol because now she's a boss and she is desperately trying to get your attention. Just remember, we are all subject to this. And so all of the stories that you've created about why it's easier for other people are simply made up. They are, it's not true. Everyone is subject to patterning, to conditioning, and to becoming dependent in an emotional way on a substance that has a chemical response in your brain. And there's so many things that aren't just drugs that have a response on our brain. And so through this next week, see if you can just break up the patterning. See if you can show up for a new practice for yourself in the morning that's going to start to refine that subtle awareness. And it could be writing down your thoughts about alcohol. It could be sitting with your morning tea or coffee just looking around, just paying attention to what you see and to tuning in to that place of the witness of that higher state of awareness that is so, so powerful so that when you come to meet one of your triggers of alcohol or one of your associations, that you can respond with grace rather than react. So the act of drinking is a reaction. When you respond, you're taking a moment to ask, do I even want this drink? And if there's some strong emotions behind that, you can sit and pause and watch yourself. And you have to really look at what are your fears around this? Are they true? What is the worst that can happen if I'm not drinking? 
<clears throat> and remembering that this isn't good or bad. This is about getting to know yourself and how you're going to proceed for the rest of your life. Do you want to proceed always in moderation or do you want to show up and say yes when it feels amazing to something or say no? And I think that making a decision about something one way or the other is the highest form of self-appreciation and empowerment. I don't use rewards at the end of a week. I don't have a cheat day for food. I have a piece of cake it's, if it's my birthday because it's amazing or a piece of chocolate because I want to. Um, the reward for me and for my clients is being in control, being empowered, also not judging themselves, showing up with compassion. If you want to buy a pair of shoes, buy a pair of shoes. It doesn't need to be a reward. And if you're always moderating your spending or your food consumption or your alcohol, those are all the root cause of the thoughts that this will make me feel better. This thing outside of me will make me handle this situation better. But guess what? We all know what happens. It comes, it goes, it's fleeting. And then you're left with your thoughts that are the same thoughts over and over and over again. So I really hope that, hope that this was useful for you. I don't care about drinking one way or the other, whether it's good or bad. I am not in a crusade against alcohol. I am on a campaign for empowered women to empower and get to, getting to know that part of you that has been buried and drowning under booze for probably many, many years. And even though you may have taken a break for a sober January or when you were pregnant, I know for me when I was pregnant, I had the exact same thoughts about alcohol. I actually had some wine towards the end of my pregnancy and my thoughts around alcohol never changed while I was pregnant. I was actually quite... Um, frustrated about not being able to drink. Not the whole time I, I, I got into the process of it, but it was, um, you know, in full disclosure, it was not easy at the beginning. And then I was drinking right back to where I was as soon as I had the baby. Um, and those are some things that I've had to really reflect on for myself as far as just you know, being compassionate with myself of like not knowing what I didn't know or not being willing to slow down to really look at, is this the best version of the mother I want to be, how I'm showing up for myself and my family. And so it's never too late. And the most important thing that you can do for yourself is to make a decision one way or the other. And just, you know what, take it off the table. And the reason, reason that one-on-one -on -one coaching is so invaluable is because when you take something off the table and you say, I'm going to go get to the root cause of this problem, you absolutely can do it yourself, but it's going to take longer and you won't have that accountability. You won't have someone on the other end saying, actually, that's just a story. Do you know that to be 100% true? So you can start to notice where you're being reactive. You can start to notice your 
beliefs that aren't serving you or that you, where you're limiting yourself, you can start to notice those. But by having the reflection of someone else saying, you know, this isn't an alignment with your truth, with your highest self, with that self of awareness that you're trying to get back to. So what is a new way to look at this that's going to serve that person, that's going to serve that highest version of your queendom. I hope you guys have a wonderful day, you beautiful ladies. Reach out, schedule some time to show up on the phone and talk to me if you're curious about coaching and we'll really take a look at where you're at and where you wanna go. And I can't wait to talk to you. Have a wonderful week and I'm wishing you love, safety and support for you and your family. The process of unraveling your story outside of the confines of alcohol is truly a sacred and beautiful journey of the self. Rediscover who you are and a whole new world again. Stop by my website, marywagstaffcoach.com to get instant access to the on-demand workshop of my revolutionary five shifts approach. And while you're there, you can sign up for a one-on-one consultation where we will create together your life intention. This is the framework for which all of your decisions around alcohol are made from your truest and highest self. In addition to working remotely worldwide, I host private one-on-one healing retreats at my sanctuary in Mount Hood, Oregon. I can't wait to connect.